podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to another Nina Casa show. Beginning of the season. I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't emotionally or mentally ready for this season. I feel like it came around too quick. Not really celebrated, not really enjoyed, you know, the previous season. And guess what? It looked like the Reds weren't really ready for it as well. My God, what a lucky escape. It finished 4-3 against Leeds United. What a game. I don't know about you guys, but I was literally like exhausted after watching that first half of football um end-to-end tiring stuff but lots to talk about lots to talk about and plenty of thought as well and um joining me on this podcast I'm delighted to have two incredible guests um I'm gonna need them because I'm a little bit everywhere not gonna lie so you know what without further ado let me introduce our guests first up I am delighted to be joined by Sam Evans Sam welcome to the show Wow, Nina. Uh, Klopp doesn't do quiet first games of the season, does he? Bloody hell. I actually had to remove my Apple Watch at the end of the game uh, just to stop notifying me of my impending How many attack. times did it tell you you, you died? I, I just had to, I had to remove it. It had to come off because it was doing my nothing. So, yes, it's, it, apparently I died, but I've still managed to make it on the pod, so can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait. I was going to ask you ask you about the Apple Watch, but you beat me to it. And yeah, Klopp certainly does not do quiet first game of the season. And joining Sam, it's a bit of a dynamic duo because I kind of pair them up quite nicely. Um, again, another guest that doesn't need introduction. Um, I'm really intrigued to see his thoughts and his opinions on this podcast. It is a familiar voice. Um, again, it's Amanda Angulo. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Good to be back talking about the Reds, uh, the Champions of England Reds. Champions of England. We can say that. We can keep saying that. I don't know about, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we get match of the day here and I'm just going to watch it. I'm going to watch it anyway. But just to see Liverpool just kind of lifting that Premier League because it's something that I've never witnessed. I mean, it's a little cheap thrill, but I'm going to do it. Right, guys, let's kind of talk about this game. I don't know if we've got any callers yet, guys. Um, we're live on Discord. If you do want to be a caller, drop us a line. We'll get you on. But in the meantime, it'll just be myself, um, Mando and Sam. Guys, talk to me about the team lineup first things first. I mean, Sam, I'll come to you. Um, I think the biggest surprise was maybe Jordan Henderson starting because, and of course, um, you know, Fabinho being uh, left out. I mean, did anything surprise you about that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, seeing as it's, you know, he hasn't had a, a minute in uh, pre-season. Yeah. So, you know, just to see him thrown straight into the starting lineup for this match was a bit of a surprise. Um, obviously, he's been working tirelessly since that injury happened at the end of last season. And you can see that he's clearly been targeting this match. So, um, to see him in the starting lineup, I was really surprised, but I, I was really, really happy at the same time. Although disappointed to see who I think is our best midfielder, Fabinho, dropped. But as we know from Klopp, he bases it a lot of the time on the performance in training and everything. And, you know, we've seen a, quite a large drop off at the end of the season when we didn't have Henderson playing. So uh, maybe it was a bit of that uh, and a bit of the fact that he's obviously been performing in um, in pre-season. And Alexander-Arnold as well. I was surprised to see him in because I know he's... He's either been ill or injured or something's gone on anyway, so he hasn't been available for a while. So really happy to see both those guys starting the game today. Absolutely. And what about yourself, um, Amanda? I mean, were you mentally prepared for this season? And then, of course, um, I think Sam's made some really good points there about Henderson. Usually you see kind of club kind of tease players in and just to get him to see Hendo being thrown in there. I mean, what did you make of him? Um, the midfield. I didn't see much meltdown on social media, which was quite good. But I mean, just your personal thoughts. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to echo a lot of what Sam said. I think I was pretty surprised to see Jordan Henderson in there uh, with his lack of preseason and training on his own. I think he's only been training with the actual full squad for a few days. Um, and his rush showed. I think it was pretty obvious that he was a little leggy. Um, he wasn't in rhythm and sync. Uh, Trent, I, I felt that I felt the same way about Trent. Uh, he also looked a little bit out of it, a little bit out of sync. Um, but I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, they haven't had really time off um, in quite some time. Um, and then at the same time, uh, preseason was short and those two guys didn't really take part in it. So, I mean, I think everything was to be expected. I was just surprised not to see Fabinho out there and maybe Milner at right at right back or, or, or Nico playing. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Klopp has his reasons and I'm not one to question it. And it worked out in the end, ultimately. So we're all good. Yeah, absolutely. We'll kind of talk about, you know, um, uh, the game in depth as as the show progresses. But new season, same old me, but a new the first caller on the Nina Calder show of the season. There isn't a special prize for that, but if I was giving out something, it'd probably be false eyelashes because that's who I am. Our first caller on the Nina Calder show for this season is Anderson55. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nina. Um, what a game, first of all. Um, like you, heart rate was going 150, and I was screaming louder than most. Um, my kids got scared at one point, I think. A <laughs> um, few thoughts. Virgil van Dijk was the worst game ever. Um, it's a bit concerning. I thought he'd, we'd all be switched on coming back from Long period off and a good good preseason, et cetera. Um, second thing I wanted to mention was it's just n- nice to see the team back. First, first time since the Atlético game, I've really missed the crowd as well. And um, you, you can just imagine the atmosphere at Anfield before a 4-3 back-and-forth game. It's what, amazing to have football back. Um, and third thing I wanted to mention was probably uh, Curtis Jones. I, I just thought he came on after the first couple of minutes. He's really, uh, you know, really showing what he's about. I think he can get a lot of minutes as the season progresses here. And uh, a lot of fun to watch. Just, just have, have football back, right? Absolutely. It just um, fills up the, the the day that kind of is on loop. It has been on loop for the past seven months. Um, yeah, that has been sort of the, the silver lining in terms of having a short um, a short summer kind of break kind of thing and the season kind of progressing quickly. I mean, Mando, I'll come to you. I mean, we kind of spoke about this just briefly before the pod started. So, you know what? Um, I think Gags kind of made a little cheeky joke about Virgil van Dijk there saying, you know, because we, we had some technical issues before the pod started and uh, he compared it to a Virgil van Dijk kind of uh, performance today. I mean, what did you make of Virgil van Dijk? I mean, for me, yeah, he was at fault for the goal. And I think because we have Virgil van Dijk at such a super, super high standard when he does something, it's like, oh, we're all gasping. But for me, if I'm absolutely honest, I thought defensively, I thought Trent was questionable on the goals. I thought Gomez looked lost. Virgil looked lost. And I think, you know, to some degree, Alisson wasn't the best today. Yeah, I thought the defense was pretty bad. I mean, mm. in preseason, we've seen them be pretty porous. Um, you'd expect to, for that to, to, you know, sure itself up a little bit. And, I mean, Trent was rusty. That's kind of to be expected. I'm not too surprised by that performance. Uh, Virgil's allowed to be human, um, I think. I, I, it wasn't great to watch. I mean, it was kind of a fluky uh, goal that he gave away. Um, ultimately, his positioning wasn't great. All in all, I think all of their positioning wasn't great. It was pretty disjointed. Um, but to me, I think the worst player of that back line today was Joe Gomez. I mean, he was completely lost. He was um, he got caught out in midfield far too often, didn't get to the ball in time, left loads of space at that point. Do you it think he's working the right side of our defense as well? Because I certainly noticed that in the first half. Yeah, I think I think they were. Mm. And, and, and Trent being rusty didn't help the situation. And then Joe Gomez positionally being literally a chicken with his head cut off today. Um, oh, God, what an image. It it was just really bad. I was, you know, again, Virgil van Dijk wasn't great either. It was really bad, but 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 he okay. He can be human, and 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 that was kind of a fluky situation, positionally. You know, um, in, in all ways, I thought Joe was really bad today. Um, and and 
you know, and, and I think Joe Gomez has these days where he plays like this, but I mean, and he also has days where he's world class. I think he's just, he needs a few games under his belt and then in consistency, and then he gets back into full flow of things. So, you know, it being the first game, I, you know, I wasn't happy. Got a but, goal as well, though. Yeah, Virgil got a goal. Vir, I mean, mm. anytime we have a set piece, Vir, Virgil's good. You know, he's, he's he's good money from there. Like that, you know that that's what we that's what we want, right? Like that's not surprising in any way, shape, or form. I think the defensive performance was the issue today, and and credit to Leeds for for not being afraid, for for being brave, for for taking their chances, for 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 doing all the things that that you would expect a BS a BSL side to do. Um, they pressed. They weren't intimidated. Um, they proved why they won the championship last year. I think they should be very proud of themselves today. And to your point on Allison, Allison has been lost as well for, you know, I didn't think he did great in the preseason. Um, I thought he was bad. You know, maybe he could have done a little more today on a few of those um, shots. You know, he was late to react. Uh, yeah. I just, I think, I think they play to a standard or we're so spoiled um, at this point that we expect them to just be great all the time and um so i'm okay with it being the first game of the season but i'm not happy with it and i'm really not happy with the performance of joe gomez it's nice to see matt back i hope we bet him in a little bit more it's good to have competition for places and um yeah we need that we absolutely need that yeah i think that could be a concern as well in terms of players just getting very very casual i'm gonna try making this as much as interactive as possible and um Hakeem just kind of here with the with the messages here and he said, um, I know the team seems all happy and flappy, but Klopp's face on the sideline showed he was pissed off at the standard, not just today, but for a while now. I mean, Hakeem, just to kind of um, add to that, when it was 3-3, I actually thought at one point Klopp was going to turn around and just scream at the main standing visible fans for getting on the players' backs, you know, <laughs> because it was so bad. I just thought, you know, just some form of normality. It was, it was pretty bad. And... Uh, Sam, I'm going to come to you now. I mean, I want to get your thoughts on on the defence as well because um, you, you were speaking about the XG, so maybe you can give us some numbers on on that front as well in terms of how where, where how leads were on the XG, how we were, and uh, to me, it didn't look like they had many shots on target, but everything seemed to just go in, and I think that was the annoying part. And you compared it to the Norwich game of last season in terms of a new team coming in and us just being absolutely batshit. Yeah, it is a crazy game, wasn't it? Um, first, first of all, Joe Gomez, totally agree with Mando. First half, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was all over the place. Um, you know, the, the Leeds had a few chances before they did actually score. They had that disallowed goal when he was really weak against Costa, was offside. He, he shot up the pitch at one point and left Virgil two-on-one, and luckily Virgil intercepted it before they finally scored their goal where Trent got totally rinsed uh, by Harrison and then Gomez came rushing in and jumped over the ball and then he let him score. So he was all over the place in the first half. But to be fair to Gomez, I thought in the second half he really stepped up his game and I I can't remember him making any errors in the second half. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I thought he really upped his game in the second half and pulled his finger out of his ass, and I thought his performance was much better second half. We have seen this with Gomez in the past. When he comes in, the first couple of games, he can take a bit of time to bed in, and you can't afford to do that in the Premier League sometimes. But, you know, I've got full faith in Gomez that he'll, he'll get his shit together. Um, Van Dyke as well, I think it's a case of he's so, so classy and so relaxed on the ball sometimes that today there was a little bit of complacency. You know, he, he was taking the piss of Bamford there and he got what he deserved, which is to concede a goal. So, you know, first game of the season, I think we'll, we'll kind of flush that out of the system. Um, yeah, regards to comparing to Norwich last season, I think it was very similar in that sense. Norwich probably had more chances than Leeds did today, but they were a lot more wasteful in front of goal, if you remember. Um, mm. re- regards, re- regards to the XG, um, Sky Sports have got it as 2.76 to Liverpool and just 0.32 to Leeds. Um, and I've seen info goal at 3.12 to Liverpool and 0.26 to, to Leeds. So, you know, even though everyone's going to be p- flapping and saying we were lucky because we scored two penalties um, to, to scrape a, a one-goal win at home against Leeds, 
But, you know, if you look at the st- statistics, we have actually dominated the game. It's just we were very, very wasteful in front of goal. You know, 22 shots to six, apparently, is the final tally. We had so many chances in our second half to put the game to bed when we were 3-2 up. And I don't know, for me, no, I don't know what the hell he was doing at times. He was so lackadaisical in front of goal, missing some seriously simple chances. So, you know, a, a bit of rustiness there today. Some really positive things to look at. And I think, you know, the hysteria is going to be massive because they've just scraped a win against newly promoted side. And there's a bit of a love in for Leeds. But I think if you drill it down, if we play like that most games, we end up winning them. Nice. I think one of my highlights from uh, the whole Leeds thing, and I think I spoke to Mando about this, was when um, Leeds got their equaliser, the first one, and Bielsa was just kind of sat there. First of all, really impressed with his form, the, the fact that he could kind of sit in a squatting position. I mean, the guy's healthy, his core is very strong. And um, he just kind of fist pumps and carries on drinking his coffee. I think he's going to be a very, very lovable, likeable, likeable guy. And um, uh, I'm going to come back to Anderson. Um, I'll let him have his final thoughts. We'll talk about Curtis Jones and things later on, but I'll let him have his final thoughts on the defence. I think he made some points in the chat. So, and, um, Anderson, I will come back to you, Mr. Anderson, because um, uh, Hakeem just threw in the gift there. <laughs> Mr. Anderson, uh, you know, naturally, I'm, I'm a huge fan. So um, I'll let you have the final th- say, and then we'll move on to our next caller. At the end of the day, we got a win today. We got the three points, which is what matters. I'm pretty sure uh, the defense is going to come back and uh, and be strong, and we're going to get some clean sheets coming up here. We've got uh, some tough games, but um, I'm pretty confident that Virgil's not happy with himself after that game today. And uh, it's interesting, Armando's uh, thoughts on, on the first 30, 40 minutes, but then I thought he came on a little bit, personally. But, um, yeah. Good to see Robbo being on point. Good to see Salah playing really well. It's just uh, fun to have Liverpool back playing real games. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, um, uh, Anderson. Thank you. Wonderful stuff. I'm sure we'll hear from Anderson. Um, as the season kind of continues and Anina Kazashaw is still going strong, joining us next. I'm so excited. It's the guy that always kind of teases us like, yeah, I'll call. Sorry, I'm too busy. You know, he plays hard to get. But this time, finally, he's joining us. It's Lubo. Lubo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nina. Can you hear me? You sound crisp clear, my friend. Perfect. Uh, Well, I I finally am so happy to join. And I always had a good excuse. I was not dodging you. It's always my wife would send me to run chores immediately after the game was over. And sounds today, a lot like, it sounds a lot like the dog ate my homework. If I'm a little honest. bit, <laughs> a little bit. And, and ironically, Steve Pizza said that that's what's happening to him today. So, uh, so I, I just two I peas in a pod. Fucking typical. I, Blame the wife. I know, I know, <laughs> right? But uh, and then uh, the other thing I just wanted to say, Mando, so great to hear from you, brother, and uh, hang out there in California. I know it's been crazy with the wildfire. So just glad to hear that you're okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But to the questions, I I have uh, two quick questions. One is just around the role that Trent's been playing. And I know it's a little bit difficult to evaluate because he hasn't really been training with the team much. But I've been curious to see how he would play. And he just seemed a bit more reserved, not as attacking today. Um, I was curious to get your thoughts. Is it just rustiness and not being in sync with the team? Is it, is, was it instruction? But it just felt there was almost no creativity uh, and no uh, chance creation coming from him, which is a little surprising. So that's one. And then the other thing, actually, and this is maybe something uh, that uh, Gags and, and, and the lads will discuss on the under pressure, but I felt our counter-pressing was excellent today. And we had so many chances where just either the final pass was missing or uh, the final shot was missing. But I actually, I'm really looking forward to the under pressure uh, uh, podcast on this, but I thought I would just uh, get your thoughts on just our our just uh, counter pressing today. I thought it was excellent. Nice. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll we'll talk about Trent first, and then we will move over to counter pressing gags. Maybe you could share some insight as well. I'm about to collect the stats, so I will share it on uh, the pod on Monday. I thought there were a few chances actually, especially second half. There was uh, the biggest one I thought was the second half where. Nabi first 
uh, broke up the game. And then Mo, all in the same phase. It was a, sorry, that was the second phase of the same move kind of thing, a couple of seconds. And Bobby and Mane were just atrocious in picking the ball up. And it was just an example of where opportunities were created, but no one's going to notice them because we just didn't get anywhere with them in the box. And, um, yeah, it was a it was a frustrating night, really, watching anyone apart from Mo, really. I thought, you know, Naby had good boat points, uh, but I didn't think, I still wasn't, you know, too impressed. I wasn't impressed with Hendo or Ginny. Uh, Trent was off. Uh, Robbo probably gets a pass uh, with the assist, but still, I thought, yeah, it was just um, counter-press-wise. I think we got one shot maybe from counter-pressing. I think it was the Hendo, Hendo long-distance one, but nothing came of the big opportunities that should have been. They uh, they ended up being, you know, bad touches and and things like that. So it's a it's a bit of a shame. We could have um we could have really destroyed them. Um, you know, and then Bobby missing missing at the end, oh dear. Missed some big chances, man. Wow. Uh yeah. Don't talk uh... the bear on this pod. Justin and I got an earful once. Sorry, but <laughs> shit, he should have opened his account for Anfield this year and everybody would be off his back, but if he keeps doing that, bloody hell. But obviously, one other thing, Mane uh, was way, way off what we're getting used to or the consistency of the last few years. And I think people are just probably starting to realise how special Mo Salah is. You know what? I don't like this. Oh, this one's doing better and this one's special. I, I put them both on, on, on a very high pedestal. I think they both thrive off each other. Most, think, it was a, yeah, it was, think, it, was uh, a, it was a more it was a more Salah game today. I think Mo not included in the eleven for the Player of the Year. Players not voting for him. Well, I think it's what, more of just, a shout at players. So petty. That's so petty. That's yeah, yeah, they are petty. Just, but yeah. the point is, that's what that's what then transpires over everywhere. Uh, and, uh, and and at the end of the day, it's disgusting. Anyone, anyone that anyone that looks at something like that and then decides that their opinion is formed and based on that is absolutely stupid. The majority will be stupid then, because that's what they do. Well, I don't agree with that, because you have to just watch Liverpool games and you just have to watch him play and just see how much of a a massive part he is in terms of that attack. And, you know, and uh, you know what? I I know know Sadio Mane didn't score today. And um, for me, though, I felt like he was ever present. I felt like he was always on the runs. He was always trying to link up. I don't think he was as bad as what maybe you're making him out to be. I... I just think that, not you, Gags, but I feel like this is a narrative. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but I just feel like this is a narrative amongst Liverpool supporters where it's almost like they have to pit them off against each other. And I don't agree with that because I think they are both very, very special players and I love them both equally. I think and all I, three are special players. Yes, That's not the yes, argument. I, 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 the point yeah, is, Mo is underappreciated massively. That's all it is. That's all it is. I think I think they're all underappreciated yes. massively. If we're being honest, the way people talk about Roberto Firmino in the last few months, or even in the whole last season, and I understand he's not scoring goals. I understand what the fuck is happening. I have eyes. I see the shit. But what about all the other shit that he fucking does that nobody talks about? Like this is a unit. These front three. It's always like, oh, the front three of Liverpool. The front three of Liverpool. There's a fucking reason why it's the front three of Liverpool, and it's not A, B, C, and D. It's like a body. It's because it they work together. fucking together in this yes. fluid fucking mess. <laughs> yes. That this is fucking controlled chaos that they have going on in the box. And yeah, some days are days like this where Mo's gonna go off. Some days fucking uh, Bobby's gonna fucking rinse Arsenal and leave seventeen dead men on the goddamn ground. Some days you're gonna see fucking Sadio win a game by himself and fucking kill and fucking bury Manuel Neuer. R.I.P. Those shit. That shit happens. Why? Because they're all world class fucking players. Right. And yes, they're not all going to be hot at the same time. But you know what? That's probably beneficial for us, because if they're all fucking hot at the same time and then they all go cold at the same time, we are absolutely fucked. So it's kind of good that, hey, this guy's not firing, but this guy picks him up. Hey, this guy's not playing well, but this guy picks him up. That's what fucking the beauty of Liverpool is today. 
And, that and that's was what people defense. need to fucking understand that if it's one of them are missing, that shit doesn't click like that. You see Big Div go in there and that shit slows the fuck down and it's a shit show. You see fucking, oh, the, the one that gives me hope is Minamino. Minamino getting in there is going to fucking keep that shit fluid. I have mm-hmm. confidence in him to do that because he's similar to how they it's play. It's a disgrace he didn't get on today, to be honest. It's an absolute disgrace, mm-hmm. sure. But it's also a fucking absolute disgrace that back line we had to give up three goals and yep. a great bye today. We should, we should speak about them disgrace. first more than anything. Really. Yeah, them absolutely. and the keeper need a good good discussion with Matt, really. Go, go ahead, folks. We kind of spoke about it. So kind of tying into the whole Trent Alexander-Arnold question as well. I mean, Sam, I think, um, uh, I don't know if Gags missed it because I know you're busy collecting pressing stats. But Sam, I'll come to you first on, on the Trent stuff. I mean, we, I think Lubo touched on it. He's not been involved with the team. We don't know what was happening with him. I mean, like he was, he's been away from the team and then obviously he's been away with England. Um. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, I think I, I think I said it actually on the pod. I was speaking to Mando about it. But for me, I felt like in the first half, they were attacking Liverpool more on the right-hand side of our defence. And maybe that's why you didn't see Trent maybe being as advanced as maybe somebody like Robertson in this game. Yeah, I, I think Trent was clearly a bit rusty today. You know, we, we don't really know what's been going on behind the scenes, but it's been... You know, his absence in pre-season has been noticed. And obviously there's been um, you know, rumours as to what why he hasn't been available, if it's injury or illness or whatever. Yeah. Um, but obviously he's had a bit of a disrupted preparation for the season. And I think it showed today, you know, he, he clearly wasn't at it uh, today. But And Leeds tried to target it a bit. And, you know, he did, he did get absolutely rinsed for the first Leeds goal as well today. But... One thing I will say is a 60 or 70% Trent is still a miles better option for us than Nico Williams. And I'm a Welshman, you know, uh, you know, Nico's got <laughs> a lot of, you know, he, Nico's got a lot of potential and, you know, he scored the winning goal for Wales the other day. You know, uh, he's got a lot of good things going for him, but the, the drop off from Trent to Nico is, is massive at the moment. Um, and it just goes to show what a class act Trent is so when he does throw in a performance like today where he was he was fine it's just he got exposed a few times and he he didn't look quite at it and then it does really show so you know for me he's not a worry he is an absolute class act thoroughly deserving of the young player of the year and you know I wouldn't be at all surprised if he ended up being our player of the year this season so for me he's not a big concern it's just looked a little bit rusty today, as did many of our players. No fair point. And what about you, Mando? What did you what what are your thoughts on uh, on Trent? It's just so early, isn't it, to call on anything? Yeah, I mean Trent was rusty. I mean I'd expect that. He didn't have much preseason. He had a couple games away or or, or, or a bit of a bit of time playing with England, but not too too much. And and I mean I'd expect that. And then, you know, that Leeds was attacking that side of the field. They were on that side of the pitch, really going at him and Gomez. And that kind of uh, didn't allow Trent to get too far upfield and do the regular things he does, whipping balls in and being dangerous in the focal point of our offensive attack. I think that Leeds knew what they were doing in attacking that side. They knew Trent would be rusty. And and uh, to be honest, Joe didn't help him. Um, and, and, and Hendo, you know, not being fully fit and, and, and also getting his legs under him didn't help the situation either. There was just too much space. Um, and, 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 um, yeah, I mean, I'd expect the team, um, you know, managed by Marcelo Bielsa to be smart enough and, and bold enough to, to try and attack that space. And they really did. And, uh, again, credit to them. I don't, I'm not too concerned about Trent. Um, I'm not really concerned about Jim Gomez either. It's just really a bad day at the office, to be honest. Um, and, and we go again and, and then we figure it out. And, um, the more games we get under our belt, the more, uh, we get back in the flow of things, everybody will be fine ultimately. But it definitely needs to get cleaned up um, really quick here. Um, you know, if we're trying to do what we want to do and repeat and be uh, stay on this perch and on this pedestal, then we have to really work at it and, and not be complacent. And sometimes I think over the preseason and um, and even today, we, we were a little bit of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last last season towards the end, Project Restart, I can understand it. You had such a big margin in terms of how many points you were ahead. This season, there is literally no room for error. We're all starting at the same point, yeah? Something Sai's just said to me is um, VVD and uh, Ginny played 192 minutes each this week. Oof. So at this early in a season as well, probably have to cut them a little bit of slack. I think the best thing that could happen is that we don't play till next Sunday now. Eight what was days. Joe's excuse? Who's Joe? Oh, Joe Gomez. Gomez sorry, Gomez. Did yeah. he play this week for England? He, he did play for England. He did. Did play he play both? Did he play a full ninety? I'm not sure. Both. Not sure about both. But, but I can only stomach one um, England game at a time. I didn't watch both. I think, of them. I think Joe played last week for us, and then um, it's been two weeks actually since we played that game. Was it Blackpool? Was it two weeks ago now? A week and a bit. I don't know, but it's been crazy. I'm sure he um, he played minutes, but maybe not the amount that them two played. Um, whilst everybody else stayed back, you know, Mo's money. I think it takes about two weeks to flush the England out of your system. (laughs) 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 Flush the England out of your system. I'm applauding that. Yeah, Yeah, so it's um, (laughs) but those two, those two were weaker than usual, you know, Ginny and the VVD. So you could you could probably say it's early season. See that 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 international break is just a fucking joke. Yeah, especially but, um, when it was. Right you probably then. have to cut them a bit bit of slack them too for that. Especially you know they're, they're normally solid as hell for us every every game. So I think I think if we can um, this eight days might just be uh, might just see a little different Liverpool next Sunday after a bit of a break and a bit of rest. It's uh, it's a lot of football straight at the start of the season, uh, especially after pre season where you know you're just building up and then you go and play. Over two games, crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring Lubo back in quickly if he's still around. Let him have the final say, and then we will continue with the podcast. Thank you, Nina. Yes, I'm here, and I have to say I agree with the panel. And I was actually not uh, trying to criticize Trent. I definitely understand the whole broken up preseason, and he did play the last England game at, I believe it was at Denmark. I believe he played the full game. Joe played the full game against Iceland, so he was the one before, and I think he even gave up a last-minute penalty that Iceland missed. So they've, they've both had a, a bit of a, a shaky trip with uh, England, and the less said about that, the better. Uh, I was just more curious about just his role today, more in the offense and how subdued he was. And maybe it's a positive if we can still win, uh, score four goals and win. I know there's some set pieces in there, but without really relying much on Trent, it's, it's, probably, uh, it's probably a good thing um, against uh, some tough teams like this down the road. So, uh, but uh, I agree with the panel. Um, uh, thank you for uh, taking my questions, and uh, I hope uh, uh, you and uh, all the listeners uh, have a great weekend. Oh, thank you, Lubo. You too, Lubo. You can oh, call him Lubo. I was going to call him Lobo. <laughs> Lobo is fine. Love Lobo boat. is fine. I mean, man, man <laughs> knows. The love boat. I'm not sure about love boat. I can go with Lobo. And oh, one thing I was going to say. Did you guys notice how uh, Armando went with the Roberto Firmino? He really and, wanted to. And, 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 Nina, and, and Nina, Nina didn't. God, I'm turning into Nina. And Nina didn't. She went, Armando. <laughs> Oh, you know what? The first time ever I did a podcast with um, Amando, actually, and it, um, it was, it was um, the Mexican podcast, and I had to introduce them all. And uh, so, you know, first of all, he called into the Nina Casa show, and then we were launch, um, they were going to launch the Mex- Mexican podcast, Mexico podcast, AI Mexico. And I introduced Mando onto the Nina Casa show, and when I introduced him, honest to God, you could hear the disgust in his voice. Luckily, I am charming enough and I won him over as a friend, but I think he was very, very disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to I'm Mando, dude. Not, Stick I'm to not, Mando. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to... Yeah. yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. We're fine. We're good. We're good. We're good. Absolutely. Well, Libo, thank you so much for calling. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Right, we've had two excellent callers in right we might as well just kind of talk about just some random shit from the game um uh, and sam i'll come to you first on this one i mean there was a lot of talk and um uh, you know there was a lot of talk about the attack we kind of discussed it i mean i think the first thing we've got to do is kind of speak about um more i think we'll we'll speak about him collectively uh i think 
I think it was James Pace that put a stat out that for he's broken a record in the sense that he's the he's the only player for Liverpool to score in four seasons of the opening uh, on the opening game. And of course, today he gets a hat trick. Um, I actually remember the game against them. I think it was Watford, his first game, and he got he, he bagged the brace, if my memory serves me correctly. But anyway, he's always popping up, and he always scores on the op- opening game. I thought he had a really, really incredible game today. Um, he, he looked really bright and alert, and I think it, we can all agree as a whole that I thought he played really well. And wait for him to get a hat trick as well. I mean, how calm and composed was he on those penalties? I think Gags in, in the past, I can't remember which podcast has said that he is probably our most natural penalty taker. First of all, I just want to say I, I love that little intro then. You know, you're like, let's talk about some random shit from the game. And then she goes straight to the most that, important thing. <laughs> to see your agenda on a piece of paper, just random shit from game, done. Um, yeah, so, so yeah. Mo Salah is the random shit we've chosen to talk about and I totally agree with Gags. I think he's massively underrated and the, the disrespect towards him is incredible. Like people, a lot of people I talk to, you know, he's just come out with three incredible seasons for us and people are talking like, yeah, I think I'd sell him now and, you know, bring in and they're, they're talking about Werner replacing him and stuff. And I was like, are, are people... Watching, you know, they, they don't seem to realise what he does for this team. The amount of work that guy puts in, even when he has a stinker, he's still a key element in the way this team works. And I think, you know, the, the way he had, he really struggled to get that 20th goal last season. And it, and it seemed really clear that he was kind of snatching at chances at the end of the season. And I was slightly worried about his finishing at that point. Because, you know, if he'd have had his 20th, I'd have backed him to end up getting 23 or 24. Because he had so many chances at the end of the season and he, he was missing a lot. But they always say about a great striker is someone that gets a lot of chances. And he's someone that just keeps on going and keeps on going. And I was chatting to my mates before this game today. And I said, if one person's going to score today, I really hope it's Mo Salah. Just to get that goal out of the way and get him firing. And, you know, you couldn't have had a better start than a hat-trick in the first game. And, you know, I know two of the goals were penalties, right? But first of all, the, the, the first shot where they actually won the penalty might have been going in anyway. Um, and second of all, I don't know if you remember when Salah first took a penalty or took a few penalties for us, everyone, including myself, w- was saying how ropey he seemed to be at penalties. And it seems evidently clear that he's been practicing them a lot and uh, he does seem to go down the road of the old Alan Shearer hit it really hard uh, in certain areas of the goal but you know his conversion rate has been excellent so you know when Milner isn't on the pitch it's nice to know that we've got someone really reliable there just to put it away but yeah for, for me I think he's he's irreplaceable and it's been disgusting, really, to see the predictions for this season. There's been so doom and gloom because everyone's so kind of into the FIFA and football manager world that if you don't make signings, they just want something fresh and new. But we've just had 99 points in a season and we've kept all of our players. And then people are expecting us to just drop off a cliff and get 70 points this season and come fourth. I just, I don't understand it. Everyone is still there and we've added a left back to the mix for a little bit more strength and depth. So for me, it's baffling. I'm a bad. I think I think that just shows how underappreciated, honestly, they all yeah. are. The way people yeah. talk about Ginny Wijnaldum and his role and how he does nothing. They've made them like disposable, haven't they? They've made and them it's yeah. like, are you guys fucking watching the games? Mm. How much he runs? How much he does? How hard it is to take the ball off of Ginny Wijnaldum? How he uses his body? How he's probably the strongest motherfucker on the pitch? How yeah. smart he is? How he takes up space? How he allows our fullbacks to run? Does anybody watch any of this shit? You know Plus, what I mean? Like availability. availability. Yeah. Boom. Thank you, Sam. Because you know what? <laughs> if he's not fucking playing, then it's pointless. We've seen that and been frustrated yeah. for fucking two years with Nabi Kata because everybody knows what he has in his locker, but we can't use it because he's always fucking injured. Like, mm-hmm. how is it that, like, we can't appreciate the fact that these guys have given and delivered everything that we've been fucking bitching about for goddamn decades? 
and we can't just be grateful for them. Instead, we're trying to push fucking Ginny Wijnaldum out the door. We're trying to replace Mo Salah. We're trying to fucking push Roberto Firmino out the door because he's not hitting the back of the fucking net enough times for fucking your dad to fucking be happy. Fuck you. Like, how about we fucking appreciate and respect what the fuck we have on the goddamn pitch and how special these guys have been for years and how special they will continue to be. Just fucking let them play their game. Like, Jurgen has yeah. done enough to, like, you should earn his trust but or fucking at least be able to breathe and say, you know what, until until they actually start losing a ton of games, I'm just going to keep my fucking mouth shut and enjoy what the fuck is going on. But instead, we all need to talk so goddamn much, and we're all in the know, and we all know better than fucking Jurgen or fucking Mikey Edwards or any of these guys that we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. You know what? Because it's yeah, a new yeah. season, I'm going to impose a new law. Um, I'm going to introduce a swear jar. And anyone that swears has to put a pound in it. I'm going to have Mando on every week. I'm going to be low-did people. <laughs> it's Honestly, just, it's just it's infuriating to yeah, constantly is, read negativity when mm. we are honestly the reigning champions of the world, the champions of England. We won six times a year ago. We got to fucking the final the year before that. We got to the Europa League final the year before that. What the fuck do people expect? We were fucking Roy Hodgson's team like not that long ago. Mm. Yeah. What? Absolutely. Come on, dude. Like, they've literally moved mountains and fucking, like, did shit that was unexpected for us to be here. And we've all been crying and bitching and hoping and praying and wishing. And it's here. And now what we want to do is say this isn't good enough still. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We've just made everyone so disposable. I've got some, uh, you know, some commentary there on, uh, on Mo Salah. I'll come in with Steve Pizza first. He goes more also equal Sheringham's record of four seasons scoring on the first day, Nina. Thanks, Steve Pizza. I was not going to read your comments about you bashing my scally accent. Um, Ramiz Akhtar says, first player to score a hat-trick on opening day for Liverpool since um, Aldrich in 88 and 89. Love that stat. Salah's record of scoring and Liverpool winning is 35 now. Overtaken Rooney, who was on 34. Um, he got that stat from LFC TV. Thank you so much, Ramis, for actually sourcing where you get your stats from as well. I love that. No plagiarizing on here. Um, let's let's keep talking. I mean, it was like I said, it was such a random game. Amanda, I'm gonna stick to you because, of course, Mosala wins a penalty. I mean, we we get a penalty and rightly so. It was a handball. Mosala takes it, and for me, it was. I know you watch a lot of um. I know you watch a lot of basketball, and I don't. But for me, that first half kind of felt like a basketball game in terms of how end-to-end it was. And like, if you kind of look in the middle of the park, there was a lot of space and people were kind of bypassing the midfield. Certainly Leeds were certainly sort of playing the, you know, the overhead pass and stuff. I mean, did it feel like a basketball kind of game to you in terms of how it was end-to-end? Or am I just literally like, no, Nina, you don't know basketball? (laughs) No, I, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty fair comparison. I mean, it was really back and forth. It was wide open. I think for a neutral, that was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, I'm going to have a lot of fun watching uh, Leeds play this season in the Premier League just because they're bold. They're, they're, they're brave. They, they want to play. They want to press. Um, they're smart. They're all comfortable with themselves. They they know where 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 to play the pass, where the runs are going to be made. It's it's really a lot of fun. Um, a, a very similar to like this Liverpool group, right? Uh, the quality of Liverpool is, you know, clearly better um but the familiarity the, the the way they fill the space the way they press how they play together the confidence they have there's a lot of similarities there um so i think as a neutral this game was a lot of fun and it was it, you know 90 minutes of back and forth football is always fun when when you're not don't have a vested interest um but you know being a liverpool supporter it was you know uh, as as a uh, sam's um heart rate monitor would tell you it's a little too close for comfort um so and and we're we're so used to putting games away and and being pretty stout at the back and it was just one of those games um but 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 yeah i think basketball is a good comparison it was really back and forth it was a lot of fun um you know and it was the opening game of the season you know the the, the guys were up for it uh Leeds was up for it and uh it's just a shame that the crowd wasn't there to really enjoy that type of that type of uh that type of back and forth type of game I, that would have been a lot of fun to have the crowd there and to see that and to hear that and to feel that 
Absolutely. And Sam, I'll come to you. I mean, we, we kind of spoke about stuff and you, you touched on Jordan Henderson. You were quite surprised. I'm surprised that the first sub wasn't actually, you know, Jordan Henderson off for Fabinho. I mean, you know, I was quite shocked that it was Naby Keita who, who got hooked because I actually thought he was pretty impressive. I mean, you know, talk to me about that one. What, what did you make of that? Yeah, I... To be fair, how long did Hendo play in the end? Sixty-six mm. minutes. So you know he he, he wasn't long. He wasn't far After, behind yeah. Kate, was he? So yeah, for for me, Kate has been the most impressive Liverpool player since the restart after the the break due to COVID. I think he's been exceptional, and I think he's been really promising in pre-season. Him and Minamino actually have been the players that have um, you know impressed me the most. So. To see him come off, uh, to see Keita come off before Henderson, after that's the first game Henderson has played since his injury, was a bit of a surprise. But I think, you know, Klopp does sometimes base a lot of his decisions on some intangibles, um, things such as basically being a captain on the pitch and, you know, speaking to the other players. And, you know, obviously he's a lot more vocal than Abby Keita is, so maybe it was a bit of that. I'm not 100% sure. But, um, you know, re- regards to the, the the point earlier about it being a bit like a basketball game, that is always potentially on the cards, the way Liverpool play their football. You know, we, we know too well that we ask a hell of a lot from our centre-backs. You know, they, they have to get exposed to some really dangerous positions and they're usually so bloody good that, you know, they're usually one-on-one with an attacker, a long ball gets played and their touch has to be perfect. Otherwise, Bamford's in and scores, you know. It's it's something we, we really do ask a hell of a lot of those centre-backs. And when they're not at it, things can fall to shit pretty quickly. And I think we just saw a bit of an example of that in the first half today where things went a bit tits up and it was a bit of a perfect storm with with Leeds actually being incredibly clinical for once. So, you know, nothing too much to panic about, just a few things to sharpen up. And as Gags touched on earlier, now we've got eight days before the Chelsea game and I think that should give them a chance to kind of iron out the creases in training and, you know, get them properly organised, ready for Chelsea. And that was also a question from Steve Pizza as well. So great minds think alike, Steve. Maybe you can host my show when I need some time off. Um, Mando, I'm going to come to you now. I mean, what did you make of uh, Klopp subs? I mean, did, did you have a thought or an opinion? Um, I know Curtis Jones came on for Jordan Henson. I know you kind of touched briefly on, you know, maybe the likes of a Minamino would have been maybe really suited to this game because he looked really impressive in preseason. I like the Curtis Jones sub. Uh, you know, I think the kid's got a lot in his locker. It's good to get him some minutes. It's good to get him some important minutes. I think he's going to be pretty, uh, pretty vital part of that midfield um, for us here um, this season. Um, and it's nice to see him get his chance. And, and you mm. know, you could see what he has. You could see he's exciting. You could see it's not too big, not too fast, not too overwhelming for him. And, and he's got the right mindset and he, he's going to be good. Um, I was a little bit surprised that uh, Nabby was the first to get pulled, but um, you know, I, I was okay with it for the simple fact that Hendo needs minutes. You know, if we're going to take the risk and we're going to put him out there and we're going to let him play, then let him get his legs under him and let him get the minutes. Um, I think we let him get completely gassed. And then we saw when, when, you know, Fab come in, take over that role. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a rotating pieces there in the midfield. I think the most consistent guy and the guy that's going to get the most minutes is Ginny, um, as long as he stays, of course, since we don't really know what's going to happen there. But uh, and hopefully he does stay. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that Ginny's going to going to be the vital piece there. And, 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 and um, the other guys come in, do their job one holding midfielder Fabinho or Henderson they both I think do an excellent job um and then you know Curtis Jones coming in we need a runner would I like to have seen Minamino yeah sure for any of them for Bobby I would have liked to have seen it for Sadio I would have liked to have seen it even for 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 Virginia I would have liked to have seen it I, I think we needed a little bit more at certain points in that game offensively um we got pretty lucky with uh Fabinho being pretty clever and, and getting that penalty and then luring the defender into that um, and taking advantage of that. And then, uh, you know, to Sam's point earlier, Mo is pretty automatic at penalty. So it's pretty, pretty comfortable there. Um, 
there's just we're going to see rotation. It's what we're going to see, and 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 I I like to have that, and I like that they're familiar faces, and we don't really need to um, go spend them tons of money on, on players because we have the likes of Nico Williams. We have the likes of Curtis Jones. We have, you know, these players that are just coming into their own and, and then they're coming through the ranks with confidence. And that's what you really like to see. You know, the moment's not too big. They're training against the best players in the world all the time. Um, that can only be a benefit. So it, it's good to see it. There's some interesting points there, Mando. And you know what, um, I know you kind of spoke about, and I know you were quite, you were, I'm going to come to both of you on this. You know, you were both really passionate about, you know, how, you know, s- certain people have made some of these players really disposable. Oh, this player's available. You know what? I'll happily sell him. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd let Mosla go for X amount of money or Sadio Mane go for X amount of money. You know, like we're, we're so quick to kind of decide who comes, who stays. You know, we've become quite spoiled in a sense. But, you know, watching that game, and, you know, I'd, I'd like your honest opinions on this, Um, you know, because you have raw emotions and you know when it was at 3-3 and you know I was quite frustrated and I'm sure you were as well I think that was like their first shot on target in the second half and the score and it was actually a wonderful goal as well by the way and uh, you know <laughs> they took it really well but you know I was kind of sat there and I thought you know what what would be so good and I know we're happy with this team and they are total champions and we've got some really good young players some really exciting players like Curtis Jones like you said and you know hopefully Nico Williams he kind of brings up as well and you know he could be a really really good kind of um uh, you know um asset as well do you not sort of think, were you not though sat there thinking oh you know what we could really do with a Thiago or we certainly need players because I feel like if there is much more strength on that bench, but Nin, maybe you know, it shakes up the first team. Yeah, Nin, that's fine. But you don't have to subtract to add. No, no, no that's exactly what I mean. I'm not, I'm not, you know I'm, I'm not saying like, Jimmy leaves and Thiago no, no, comes. I get no. that. I, I get that because you're smart. But there's people, a lot of them, that it's one or the other. They're not, they're, it's like they're not mutually exclusive things. Like, Ginny can stay and Thiago can come. Like, that's totally okay, right? Like, there's enough minutes to go around. We plan on getting deep into the Champions League. We plan on playing Mm. a lot of football games like we always do, right? But again, availability is important. And Ginny is always available. You know, there's players that we think like, oh, yeah, you know, we don't notice the stats. They don't fill up the charts. It's not super sexy, exciting shit that they do. But it's like they're available and they're really important cog in the machine um it's just like and if you do have to sell players like there's Shaq, there's there there's gruyich there's 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 players that that aren't a part of this really that you don't miss when they're not there jitty mm. winaldum if he goes will be missed and we don't even realize it mm. that's yeah. what the problem is mm. you it's don't miss remember it's not get rid of him so we can bring him in. They're both world-class players. Mm, agreed. And you can and never have enough of those. There is an element of a gamble as well if we bring in a Thiago. You know, I know he's been better the last couple of seasons, but he's got a bit of a checkered injury past himself. Right. So we, we we might be swapping out one of the most consistent midfielders in the Premier League for the last four seasons for an immense talent, but it's a gamble. And for me, I you know, it's been working for us. I absolutely would not want to let Genie go. I'd rather he went for a free next season and we keep him for this extra season. And then he's he's there and he's reliable and he's excellent. And then we've also got the option of Thiago, who is, you know, a bit of a wizard in midfield there as well, if you want to change it up. And, uh, you know, he, there's plenty of space for everyone. And as you said, it's the most compressed Premier League of all time this season. And with the all other competitions as well, there's going to be loads and loads of minutes for the players to play. Yeah. You know what You know what baffles me, Sam, is the people that are talking about like, oh, we don't spend enough money. We need to go buy these players for 30 mil, 40 mil, whatever, right? Like FSG don't spend enough money. They don't spend enough money. Yet they're the same motherfuckers crying that if Ginny goes when Ginny Wijnaldum goes for free, that we're fucking up because we're not getting money. Like, do you care about their money or do you not care about their money? It can't be fucking both ways. Yeah, it, it's it's mad. They're just running the club really well. There's, we we've just won the two trophies that we want the most two seasons in a row. We've we've banished the demons of the Premier League. We finally won it. And people are still kicking off, and we've kept we've kept the team that's just won the Premier League together. Whereas in years gone by, when we've had a great team, 
we've been slowly kind of people have been cherry picking our best players and then we make signings. Yeah, great. Let's replace Torres with Andy Carroll. <laughs> you know, oh, gonna make a sign. You know, do you know what I mean? It's it's fucking it's clean off. It's it's like people are almost yearning for the days when we were selling players just because then we can get a shiny new player in. You know, I get it. You you do want to freshen it up a bit. It's a bit more exciting when you get a new player. But Let's remember what we've got here, and it's something absolutely special. We haven't got long left, you know, two, three years, and there will need to be changes. But while they're still at their peak, let, let's let them be at their peak at this club. For sure, absolutely. Um, Harinda earlier on kind of asked me um, in the chat um, what was my mum's reaction at 3-3 you know what no I'm going to do one better I'm going to tell you what happened when uh, Fabinho won the penalty right can we all agree on the panel that it was a clear penalty which Manu? one um, uh, Fabinho's the final one Fabinho's. they were both yes. clear penalties they were both yeah. clear penalties yeah guy stuck his leg out took Fabinho out yeah no questions clever. Fabinho saw yeah. him coming. He yeah. saw he wasn't going to be able to stop his momentum, and he 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 baited him into that. It was yeah. clever, yeah, for sure. Lubo, yep, and I've got some people in the chat. Lubo think absolutely clear penalty. Steve Pete say yes. Now you guys know I I love my mom, so he goes down. It's a penalty, and I'm like, thank God, you know that, you know, lifeline. And my mom went. He dived. I looked at her. Oh, excuse me. So he dived. She went. He made the most of that. He made a meal of that. That that was. I was like, excuse me. United fan who's been watching Bruno Fernandez for half a season. Um, I don't know how many penalties they won last season. You know, pot calling the kettle? Like, literally, like, that's what came to mind. I was like, yeah. nah. I was like, you know what? Take you. And, and I'm sorry, but I was like looking at thinking, like, I know you don't like Liverpool, but you really don't like Leeds United as well because you've got a rivalry between them as well. Like, I just couldn't believe the pettiness. It just made me laugh. So yes, um, uh, Harinda, that is exactly what happened with my mum. She was refusing to accept the fact that that was a clear penalty and Fabinho dived apparently. So yeah, that's what I had to deal with. But um, he, he, he invited contact, should we say? Yeah. It was yes. a striker's challenge in the box. Yeah, he, he, went could, see, he could see it coming a mile off. And yeah, he, you see him wind, winding his leg back to clear the ball. <laughs> and he's like, here we go, here we go. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. And you know what? I, th- I think it was her um, her rivalry that kind of tainted her, her football analysis there. But it, it did get her new glasses, Nina. <laughs> Will do, Steve. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Guys, is there anything else you want to kind of touch on about the game? I mean, any final thoughts? I thought one thing that really impressed me about Leeds United was... Um, the 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 man buns, uh, they uh, I think they're a requirement for Bielsa. Maybe I go in and I I try. Maybe he picks me. I mean, anything from the game that stood out for you, Sam? Yeah, I thought maybe Harvey Elliott had done a loan signing to Leeds for a second when I was uh, watching him <laughs> on the pitch, and and also he'd been multiplying <laughs> like a gremlin Hello. or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but a uh... gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he got wet and multiplied but um, yeah so I want to say about Leeds really I think they you know the, the love in is a bit over the top I think with what's going on but I think a lot of it is because Bielsa is such a character and yeah. an unusual presence and, and he's a much welcomed new character into the Premier League so they're going to have a really good press at the moment um, but end of the day they play some really good football. I like their style. Their pressing yeah. style is good. And they're very brave in possession as well. But end of the day, we really, really should have punished them today. The amount of times in the second half when they got caught in possession in their own third. And it was about four or five times. And um, Adam actually pointed out on the chat earlier, we didn't even get a shot away a number of those occasions. So they won't have even been showing on the stats the amount of times that we really, really should have punished them today. So I think it's it's fair to say they play some lovely football, but it's also fair to say that we really should have put them to the sword today. But uh, yeah, I just want to say, and also we finally banished the demons of that bloody Viduka four goals, uh, the, the 4-3 <laughs> defeat that still haunts my dreams from when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. 
I think it's nice, it kind of poetic in a way that we can uh, beat them 4-3 today and kind of get that banished out of my brain. Absolutely. And I think I think why I th- a lot of people really do like Leeds, and I think Bielsa is a big, a big factor to that. But, you know, like, even like today, we watched Fulham in the morning, right? And you looked at me and thought, why did you even bother winning that playoff? Like, if you, like, you look like a team that's going to go straight back down. You know, there's there's nothing about you. Like, there's no fight. You're you're literally the team that got relegated two years ago. Like, you, there's nothing new or exciting about you. Like, and you look at this Leeds team, and they, you know, I know they didn't have many shots on target, but their their pressing was great. You know, their tempo was great. They they approached the game with the right kind of attitude, certainly in the first half. And I think that's why a lot of people will kind of take to them. And if they kind of keep up with that and don't lose their intensity and you know, don't let their heads drop. I think they could be a really, really exciting team, you know, and I think that's how I feel about Leeds, you know, like maybe they get a lot of respect for the way they kind of showed themselves today, despite the fact that, like you said, they only had six six shots or something. And Manda, what about yourself? Any takeaways from this game before we move to Man of the Match? No, not really. I mean, defense is poor. We need to improve. Um, aside from that, it's the first game of the season. We got the three points. We got the ball rolling. Uh, we just got to, you know, steady the course and keep keep doing what we're doing. Uh, that's all. Ultimately, results are all that matters. They do. Absolutely. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, any of us will grumble if we win every single game 4-3, uh, but I think... Oh, you know, there's people that will, trust me. Yeah. Oh, Sam, Sam would will. be pronounced dead like six times in, in, in 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, from I, won't, his apple. I won't get to watch the, the, the trophy being lifted because I've been dead halfway through the season, <laughs> but I'd be really happy for you guys to enjoy that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Right, guys. Uh, you know what? Let's let's move it on to man of the match. It's the first game. We won. Breathe, relax. You know what? It was stressful, but you know we've got to give a man of the match. And I've got a feeling where it's going to go. But let's just let's just get it officially done. Sam, I'll come to you. Who's your man of the match? Big Joel Matt. No, um, yeah, I think it's the most obvious man of the match I have ever. <laughs> yes had to decide because the game was so frantic and mad um th- there's only one guy that stands out in this game and it wasn't just because he scored two penalties as well it's it's his overall performance was he was electric today Salah I thought he looked so so sharp I'm so happy to see him looking on fire again it's it's bode so well for the season coming now and by by an absolute mile today's man of the match for me is Mo Salah yeah, Anderson agrees with you as well. Man of the matches is Salah for him as well. And what about yourself, Mando? Yeah, I mean, it has to be Mo. He was the only one that gave anybody any sense of confidence during that match. He was the only one that seemed settled, ready to go. His form was sharp. Um, that second goal was beautiful. What a hit. Um, yeah, definitely without question, it would be mm. Mo. Yeah, it was a lovely goal. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, for On me as well. For like 114 goals this year. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Come no on. pressure. Golden boot, locked up. <laughs> no pressure whatsoever. Yep, yeah, it's it's more Salah for me as well. I think a majority of our uh, of our country of our um, uh, subscribers here as well are pretty much going with more Salah as well. You guys listening, let us know. Let us know your thoughts. More Salah. Will he get the golden boot? You excited? Let us know. Um, give us a give us a tweet. Right, guys, we have come to the end of this Nina Kaza show. I'm exhausted. Thank you so much for joining us. But before I let my guests go, I've got to get some um, plugs from them um, where where you can find them on Twitter and all that good stuff. And Mando, I'll come to you first. Anything you'd like to bring to attention and where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you could find me at Armando Angulo 12. Um, I'm not really that active recently, um, but now that football's back, probably I will be. Um, ultimately, I have nothing to plug. Um, just everybody out here in California, just stay safe with everything going on. Everybody across the world, stay safe and wear a fucking mask, please. That's about it. Yeah, here, here. Echo all of that. And what about yourself, Sam? Where can people find you on Twitter? Where can people find more of you? Right, well, I'd, I'd like to plug this podcast that you're currently listening to. I think uh, Armando is absolutely value for money every time he's on. So absolutely love uh, being on the pod with Mando when he gets his rants out. It doesn't matter how 
well the Reds do, there's always something though that we got to have a laugh about. So yeah, it's been great fun. Um, and if you want to have a chat on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. And thanks a lot, guys. No, it's a pleasure having both of you on. You make such a good team. I love having both of you on together. And you know what? You're actually a bit of a good luck charm as well because I think I had you on. Exactly, I do. Undefeated. Yeah, these two two sent Pep Guardiola on that meltdown with the two fingers. I remember that's when it all started. And then I've just constantly tried having them both on together as and when I could. Guys, thank you so much for listening. There's so much awesome content on, on AI and Anfield Index Pro. So, you know, there's a currently a, a, a raw show being recorded with Trev Downey and co so that'll be a good listen of course you'll listen to this one as well and you know as Gag said under pressure really intrigued about them stats he's he didn't give much away so um keep your ears open for that one I'm sure there'll be a Mulby on the spot as well loads and loads of great content coming your way for my part thank you so much for listening a massive thank you to our callers Anderson and Lubo and a massive thank you to every single person that joined us live I'll be back again uh, post-Chelsea. Um, uh, I can have a little bit of a breather. But thank you so much for listening, guys. And it is so fun being champions. Until next time, take care. Look after yourselves and up the Reds. Podcast Network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Parts.